Well, I invite you to take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. In the continuation in our study through the book of 1 Peter, this morning we will be examining Peter's words in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9. And looking to verse 9 of chapter 4, we find a quick and direct attention-grabbing exhortation spoken to suffering saints who are striving to persevere in the faith. Peter says, Use hospitality one to another without grudging. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. And by way of fully understanding Peter's exhortation, I think the first and most needful thing for us to examine is the specific meaning of hospitality. If God would have us to use hospitality one to another, I think you might agree that it is both logical and suitable for us to know first what the command means. And in my careful inspection of the definition of the Greek word for the English word hospitality given in verse 9, I surprisingly found that hospitality means one who is given to hospitality. So when your family members and friends ask you, what did you learn in church today? You can say, I learned that the word hospitality means to show hospitality. Don't you love dictionary definitions? When Peter says, use hospitality among yourselves, he means that it is vital that you and I show ourselves hospitable. On a serious note, the original word used in the context for hospitality implies having a warm, affectionate, friendly love for guests. It speaks of showing care for others. And interestingly enough, Our English word for hospital was derived from the Latin word hospitis, which means a person involved in serving guests. The primary function of a hospital, as you know, is to serve strangers and guests. Doctors, nurses, surgeons, nurses assistants, Hospital food service workers all work together to achieve one purpose, which is to care for others who are in need. And this is the meaning of the word hospitality. To be hospitable is to be friendly, it's to be warm, it's to be kind to others. To be hospitable is to be a lover of strangers. To be hospitable means distributing what you have to the needs of the saints. To be hospitable means being ready to divide your bread with the hungry and to open up your home to others. This is what hospitality involves. Now question, why do you think that God, through Peter, is commanding God's people to use hospitality one to another? The answer is because it is a genuine need among the church. 
Let me remind you that Peter is writing to believers who've been scattered from their homes and their communities because of their faith in Christ. Remember, these to whom Peter is writing are pilgrims. They are pilgrims traveling to the celestial city. They are scattered saints because of persecution. Many of them have lost their jobs. They've lost their livelihood. They've lost their physical possessions. And unlike most of us, many of the recipients of Peter's letter do not have a closet full of clothes. They do not have cabinets full of foods. They do not have easy access to an ATM with lots of money in their bank accounts. These Christians are doing what they can to get by. These Christians are in great heaviness, Peter tells us. They are going through fiery trials. These Christians are dealing with hard times. Some of them are servants of unjust masters. Some of them are married to unbelieving spouses. So Peter says to these Christians that it is needful for all of them to show hospitality among themselves. Did you catch what I just said? I said, Peter is commanding the whole of the church to practice hospitality in some tangible way. Notice, Peter does not say, use hospitality among yourselves if you are rich. Peter does not say, use hospitality among yourselves if you are at home all day, not working a nine to five. Peter does not say use hospitality among yourselves only if you have a large home with expensive china that you can dish your food upon. Peter does not say use hospitality among yourselves if you are more outgoing in your personality and hospitality is something you enjoy or are personally gifted with. Peter says use hospitality among yourselves. The command is given to the entirety of the church for the mutual benefit of the church. Now, having considered the specific meaning of hospitality, in our second point, I want us to reflect upon the specific motivations of hospitality. The specific motivations of hospitality. And while there are many I could list, I want to present three of the most obvious motivations that are implied within this text. And the first motivation for obeying this specific command rests in the simple fact that hospitality is a command given by God. Therefore, hospitality ought to be practiced. Why should we practice hospitality one to another? Well, quite simply because it is commanded by God. And God says in His Word that obeying His commands demonstrates our love for him. Jesus says in John 14, 15, if you love me, don't just say it with your lips, prove it with your life. If you love me, don't just affirm that you love me, act upon it. If you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus goes on in the same chapter and says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. The Apostle John 
echoes this same truth in 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not grievous. His commandments are not burdensome. So if we have true faith in God, it is expected that we will want to do what God tells us to do. The proof of our love for God is found not merely in our profession of faith, but in our humble obedience to His commands. And alongside of this truth is the truth that God is glorified when believers obey His commands. So we ought to obey God's command to show ourselves hospitable, not only because it demonstrates a tangible love for God, but also because it glorifies Him. When we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight, God is ultimately glorified. And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians that whether therefore we eat, whether therefore we drink, or whatsoever we do, we ought to do to the glory of God. So we begin here. This is foundational. Why should you and I care about showing ourselves hospitable one toward another? First, because God commands it. And obeying God's command is a way that we show tangible love for God. And obeying God's command ultimately glorifies Him. That's why we should seek to do all of His commands. It glorifies Him. And then second, Christians ought to show themselves hospitable to others because it encourages the brethren. It encourages the brethren. If you tie the command of verse 9 in with verse number 8, you will see that this command to show hospitality is a practical way in which believers can have fervent charity among themselves. Do you see it? Verse 8, we looked at it last week. Peter says, and above all things, speaking to the church, speaking to the family of God, you ought to have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Verse 9, use hospitality one to another without grudging. Peter is teaching us in verse 9 that showing hospitality among the brethren is a tangible way in which Christians can show Christ-like love. So if there is anybody in the congregation scratching their heads in curiosity, wondering what it means to love, Peter helps them out by telling them that to love is to show yourself friendly. To love is to be a selfless servant. To love is to use what you've freely received by God for the benefit of others. To love is to bear one another's burdens. To love is to pray for one another. To love is to encourage one another. To love is to provoke others unto love and good works. And naturally, when you purposely put yourself in a position to be around the brethren, in this case, hospitality, and you do so beyond one hour of public worship on a Sunday morning, there will be opportunities to do good unto those who are the household of faith. Listen, you and I know that all people, including Christians, live in a world filled with disappointment. 
discouragement. We all have times of physical and spiritual weaknesses. We have losses of various kinds. We have trying circumstances coming upon us. All of God's sheep will at some point in their life encounter instances in which they are tempted to wonder if God really cares. And this is the context of 1 Peter. There are brothers and sisters in the Lord who are passing through because of persecution who need a place to stay. There are members of Christ's bride who could be encouraged by a hot meal. There are followers of Christ who are weak in the faith. They are filled with anxiety. They are filled with hopelessness. They are filled with despair and even spiritual depression. And through hospitality, Peter is teaching us that we can be God's vessel of seeing weary soldiers who are fighting the good fight of faith, strengthened in the Lord. You see, this is what it's all about. This is not about us. It's about the advancement of God's kingdom. It's about supporting God's army in the midst of the battle. Why should we do what God wants us to do? Why should we show hospitality? Number one, because God commands it. Number two, because it encourages the brethren. And then number three. Christians ought to show themselves hospitable because it is a witness to the lost world. It's an evangelistic witness to the lost world. And how many times in 1 Peter have we come across specific instances in which Peter references unbelieving people observing the actions and attitudes of Christian people? In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12, Peter says that it's needful to have our conduct Honest among the Gentiles. Why? Because the Gentiles are watching. Those who are persecuting them are taking notice of their faith. Those who are scattering them abroad through their evil deeds are watching to see their response towards them. First Peter chapter 2, verse 18, Peter says that there are masters Unbelieving masters, unjust masters, observing the faith of servants. Servants need to be careful. They need to be humble. They need to be respectful because their faith is being demonstrated before the eyes of unbelieving masters. And in 1 Peter chapter 3, Peter notes that there are unbelieving spouses that are noticing the Attitude of believing spouses. And all this is being used in an evangelistic sense. You need to be careful of what you say. You need to be careful of what you do. You need to be careful of how you act and react because you are a living testimony for Christ. And Peter is teaching us here that whether we like it or not, Christians are living out their faith before the eyes of the lost world. And let me remind you again that the lost world may not be reading the Bible, but they are reading your life. They are reading the testimony of the Christian church. They're reading our life and making an assessment 
of the Christian faith that we live out. And in that, they're either being drawn to the faith or pushed away from the faith. They're either becoming more curious about Christ and His kingdom or more careless about Christ and His kingdom. And I'm submitting to you this morning that when the church is diligently obeying the command of God and loving one another fervently, it will be a bright and burning testimony for Christ. Listen, you can have all the outreach programs in the world. But if others come into the congregation and notice that God's people are cold one toward another, God's people are distant, selfish, bitter, you will never, mark my words, you will never reach the lost world for Christ. You can knock every door in California. You can send flyers to every mailbox. You can give every single person a copy of God's written word. But if they do not see living love within the midst of God's people, it's not going to attract them to the faith. Why? What did Jesus say? Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If, if what? If ye have love one toward another. If you have love. When a Christian makes a hospital visit, mark it down. Doctors and nurses are noticing. You gave up an hour to come visit a church member? You would go out of your way and pay gas money to come to this place? And pray and encourage this brother or sister in the Lord? What kind of love is this? Listen, when a church member makes a hot meal for another church member, lost family members hear about it. Your church did what for you? I thought church was just going to church at 11 o'clock and being done by lunchtime. I thought that was it. You mean church members are actually involved in loving one another? When a believer has someone over to their home and there are cars piling up out in the driveway or along the street, mark my words, neighbors are wondering what's going on. What is this communion? What is this fellowship that my neighbor has? It goes beyond just Sundays. It touches their Mondays and their Tuesdays and their Wednesdays and their Thursdays and their Fridays and Saturdays. There's something different. There's something unique. There's something that I need to look into. Three motivations for hospitality. Number one, we ought to show hospitality because it is commanded by God. And to obey His commands is a way that we glorify Him and show our love for Him. Number two, we ought to show hospitality because it encourages the brethren. And then number three, we ought to show hospitality because it is a witness to the lost world. Now, turning to our third point, I want us to notice the specific manner of hospitality. We've examined the specific meaning of hospitality, the specific motivations of hospitality. Now, I want us to notice the specific manner of hospitality. Notice Peter highlights it here in our text. Peter says, use hospitality one to another without grudging. What is grudging? Grudging. 
Let me give it to you in definition. Here's grudging. The pastor said we should show ourselves friendly one to another. So I guess I'll do it. I really don't have time. I don't have the money. I don't have energy. Nobody's shown hospitality to me. And besides, if I have that person over who talks too much or who eats too much, I'm going to end up being more annoyed. I need to take out a loan. But, but if I can be an encouragement somehow, yeah, I guess the missionary can stay at my house. I guess I can lend $5 to the church member who just lost their job. That's what it means. To grudge is to mumble. It's to act irritated and overburdened in doing what God wants you to do. Now, question, why do you think anyone in the church would be tempted to show hospitality with grudging? Why? Why do you think God has to tell us to demonstrate hospitality one to another without murmuring? Here's the answer. Our sin nature is selfish and wants to be served rather than served. Hospitality includes sacrifice. Hospitality includes hard work. Hospitality includes time. It requires effort. It requires patience. And sometimes it requires an extra dose of grace. It requires us to be like Christ and die to our wants and wishes, putting the needs of others before our own. And you see, this is what Peter's doing. Peter is encouraging us to be more like our Savior. He is pointing us to have a Christ-like spirit. And let me remind you of the words of the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 2. Paul says, Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. We can throw that word grudging into. Let nothing be done with strife, vain glory, but in Lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation And took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. You see, Jesus endured the cross for our sake with a spirit of joy, not with a spirit of murmuring. Jesus never once said, Father, you want me to do what? You want me to lay down my life for who? Father, I've got to sacrifice in what ways? No. No. And when He came upon earth doing good, not once in the Gospels do we read of any instance of Jesus grumbling or murmuring 
that he had to do good to all men, but rather for the joy that was set before him. We read that Jesus ministered to others rather than desiring others to minister to him. Jesus did not come to acquire things for himself, but to give to others. And the principle that Peter is laying down for us in the final part of this verse is this. God not only cares about what we do, he cares about how we do it. We are to show hospitality in a joyful manner as Christ did. Remember, Christ loves a cheerful giver. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So in our working out of the commandments, in our working out of this specific command, namely showing ourselves hospitable, it is vital that we do so without being filled with a spirit of murmuring. So I conclude by asking you this morning, in what ways are you showing yourself hospitable to others? In what ways can you show yourself hospitable to others? Do you see the practical reasons and the motivations for hospitality? Do you understand that showing hospitality glorifies God, encourages others, and is an occasion to show Christ's love to the world? And then let me ask, are you serving others with the proper attitude? Are you showing hospitality without grudging? Is serving the Lord a burden to you or a blessing to you? And let me ask it this way. How dirty is your towel? Jesus says it's the calling of all of his followers to wash the feet of others. How dirty is your towel? And I'm not talking about a physical towel. I'm talking about the whole of your resources. How used are your dishes? How stirred is your bank account? How worn are your door hinges? What have you done in the last week to show yourself friendly to another? What have you done in the last month? Can you point to instances on your calendar that you've shown yourself hospitable to those you've not shown yourself hospitable to before? And it all boils down to this question. Is the Christian life about us being wrapped up in ourselves or is it about us pouring ourselves for others? Come on, this is the application of the text. Perhaps you're here this morning convinced by the Spirit that you are lacking in this area. What you need to do is you need to repent of your sins and you need to look for ways that you can serve the brethren. There are single Marines who come into this place who could use a hot, home-cooked meal. There are newly married couples away from their families that we can strengthen in the Lord. There are single moms. There are single dads. There are teenagers who come without their parents because they have faith in Christ and their parents want nothing to do with the Christian faith. There are brothers and sisters in Christ dealing with various health problems. So God is calling on us to show tangible love to the church for the edification and the unification of the church. And let me just say, if you're here without Christ, let me close by saying that Christ 
is a friend for sinners. Christ has shown himself gracious to us by inviting us to drink of the waters of salvation freely. You see, Jesus is a welcomer of strangers. Jesus is a spiritual servant, a spiritual physician. So if you are here this morning and your soul is weary and empty, looking for lasting comfort and joy and peace and acceptance, the Bible tells us that Jesus has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Christ wants to abide in your heart. Christ wants to show himself hospitable to you in a spiritual saving way. So my question is, will you come to him this morning? Will you find in him the one who's able to forgive your sin and give your life meaning? Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are in heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And then Isaiah says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. You see, Christ will not only take care of our needs on earth, he will give us a home in heaven. Jesus wants to reside in the depths of your soul. So will you invite him now by faith, saying, Christ, come. Christ, I need you. Christ, I'm bankrupt without your saving grace. Christ, I'm feasting on the things of this earth, but they do not satisfy. So that door is a door of faith you walk through. You walk through that door of faith and you will find a hospitable Savior who loves and cares for his own. Lord willing, next week, we're going to continue this topic by getting specific. We've touched the text in general, looking at the meaning, looking at the motivations, looking at the manner. Next week, I want to look at the specifics. How can we specifically show hospitality one to another? And so I hope you'll join us uh, for that sermon next week.